And we are back. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, no matter where you are in the world or what time it is in the world that you're in. I'd like to welcome you to Whose World Is This with Junior Manate Bo Brunt. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you're a first time listener, welcome to this ongoing conversation. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. Thank you for giving me your undivided attention or divided attention once again. Appreciate that. It is definitely much appreciated. In keeping with that, um, I kind of want to get right into it to a degree, right? Uh, and and uh, But first and foremost, thank you guys for the cash apps. Dollar sign J-U-N-B-E-A-U is our cash app. Our Zelle is my first name and my last name at Gmail. Junya Bobrun at gmail.com. That's spelled J-U-N-Y-A-B-E-A-U. B-R-U-N at gmail.com. Um, you can email the show at whose world is this to one at gmail.com. That who that's whose W-H-O-S-E world is this to one at gmail.com. I, I seem to forget at times to put in my email. Um, the people that have been emailing me are people who have listened to this show uh, for a while, but I noticed in several Uh, recent episodes I've neglected to leave my email address my apologies because um I've received some exchanges over the last week or so that are robust exchanges with new listeners and it's invigorating because I took a slight break in between Labor Day and the other episode that I did about uh do the unvaxxed deserve to be deserve an apology and that was about a month And so um, there was still a listenership listening. I could tell people were listening to old episodes. I was, you know, using the cash app money that you guys, you know, give, you know, your support goes right to the show. And so certain episodes were getting buzz, but I forgot to leave my email address. It's so much going on. It's like, I'm so ready to get into the topic. I don't want to do all that tell you where to go and email me or cash app. There were other episodes where I forgot the cash app. It was someone who does professional marketing and shows and broadcasting that told me no matter what you're doing, you remember to leave that information in the beginning, no matter what you want to say, no matter how excited you are about a particular topic, or you just want to get to it while something is still fresh in your mind. Don't forget to give people how to reach you and how to contribute. You leave that first and foremost out the, and I said, Oh, okay. I got to remember that. I always forget because I, I want to get to the topic, the meat, the juicy stuff, the juicy bits. Right. But it's true. So thank you for the cash apps at dollar sign June bow. Thank you for the Venmos at June bow J U N B E A U. And thank you for the Zells at junior Bobrun at gmail.com. If you have difficulty spelling the name, it's right there in the, headline the title of the show you can use my first and last name at gmail boom there you go um and the email address is whose world is this two one at gmail and the instagram page is whose world is this two zero two one um on instagram you'll know it's me because you'll see the icon of me staring at the elephant and the elephant staring back at me um my twitter new twitter is whose world is this uh with junior renee Bobrun the whole title of the show that's my twitter uh so yeah i'm trying to get that up for as long as it lasts i don't know how long i'll be on twitter i just started a twitter account 
not too long ago. I'm not a I'm not a Twitter bug per se. I never found the purpose in it, but I understand it's it's a tool and I get it and um learning to prioritize social media and how to use it and do all that stuff cuz I just want to get to my topics. You know, I read, I do, I live, I ex- I explore. I don't always have my phone on me. I leave my phone in the house to take walks. You know, I leave my phone in the house to go jogging or do things. So I'm not attached to the latest trending topics. We don't do that here. Anyway, I don't do that in my personal life, and I don't do that in my professional life. And I don't do that in my hobbies. I'm not constantly looking at what's going on. However, (laughs) in keeping with that, I stay abreast of what's going on. And if it interests me, I'll take a deeper look. If it's something that doesn't interest me, I'll, I'll do what I can to insulate myself from being exposed too much to certain informations that are of no interest to me. And even further, that I think maybe even be a detriment for me to be exposed to it. So, but this, this, what I'm going to speak about today is a subject that I've received at least a dozen requests to speak about it. When I include group chats that I have with friends, colleagues, peers, coworkers, co- um, co- co-partners, business partners, that, and then emails I've received. People are asking me, people who don't even know I have a podcast will go, June, what are your thoughts on this? June, I want to hear you, what you have to say on this. And I've said some things in private that I will probably not share to a certain degree in the public sphere um, because uh, for various reasons that I may get into in this episode. So to those people that have been emailing and texting me and in our group chats asking me my thoughts, I'm going to give you my thoughts right now. But you're going to be frustrated with some of my answers because I'm going to leave it a bit ambiguous. I am not going to name names, even though this has to do with certain individuals in the public sphere. Celebrities. I don't like to do celebrity talk unless it's dealing with a grander issue. I don't like taking hot takes from out the news clippings and just uh, using it. I, I don't want anyone to think that I'm using any one of these subjects as clickbait. I'm not doing that. If it doesn't, if it can't lead to a grander conversation, then we're not going to speak on it. We're not just going to comment for the sake of commenting, just for the sake of commenting on something that's quote unquote current. Okay, it has to be concurrent with thoughts and ideals and agendas that we're promoting on this platform. If it's not, then it'll go. That's why you notice I haven't spoken about a lot of things that are hot in the news, a lot of hot takes going on in mid-November. But I'm going to speak about this. But before I do that, has anybody ever seen the movie Departed, directed by Martin Scorsese, uh, starring Jack Nicholson, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Matt Damon, all-star cast, and Anthony Anderson was in there as well. All-star cast. I enjoyed that movie. Went to the theater to go see that movie. I think that movie came out back in 06 or 07 or something like that, right? Went to the theater, saw it, loved it. Um, Every time it's on TV, I take a look. You know, maybe I don't watch the whole thing, but I always just flip on that channel and see where it is in the movie and go, oh, yeah. It's a movie that I know practically by heart. I don't know why that is. But there's a scene in that movie. 
I don't know why this scene resonates with me, but from the first moment I saw this scene in the theater, it stuck with me. It left an impression that's been with me for the last decade or so, okay, since I've seen it. I think it was, what, what 16 years now, 10 years, 20 I don't know. But it's a long time since I've seen that movie. In any case, I'm going to talk about that scene right now, it's really quickly. The scene is, I'm going to set the scene for you. It's in a bar in Boston because The Departed has to do with the Boston mob. Leonardo DiCaprio's character's name is Billy Costigan. He's an undercover cop. He's infiltrating this Irish mob led by Jack Nicholson's character, whose name escapes me at the moment. So now, Billy Costigan is a low-level just bottom rung member of this of this gang or crew technically he's not even really officially part of this gang or crew he's making his bones making his way in so he can get gain the trust of the players of the okay so billy costigan you notice i use my little boston accent right there even though i'm from new york billy costigan is sitting at the bar there's another guy sitting right next to him at the bar there's an exchange of words Billy Costigan hits the guy. I think he hits him with a bottle. What I do know is that guy's left bloody. Then another guy steps in. His name is Mr. French. Mr. French is like the second in command or the strong arm of Jack Nicholson's character. Jack Nicholson's the boss. I would say that this guy, if he's not the underboss, he at least is the button pusher. He's the hitman. He's the strong armor. His name is Mr. French. He immediately jumps in the middle of this, this little kerfuffle that's going on in this gangster hangout. He jumps in between. Billy's character goes, yo, get your hands off me. Mr. French goes, do you know me? Billy goes, no, no, I, I don't know you. And Mr. French responds and says, well, if you don't know me, I'm the guy that tells you that there are guys you can hit and there are guys you can't. Now, he points at the guy that Billy Costigan hit and goes, now, that's not quite a guy you can't hit, but it's almost a guy you can't hit. So I'm going to make a ruling on this right now. You don't hit him, you understand? And Billy goes, yeah, yeah, all right, whatever, okay, fine. It's a very important scene. I don't know why it felt so important to me, but when I decided I was going to speak about a particular subject today, that scene popped into my head. And I thought about it and I thought about it and I said, huh, I think that I'm going to try to find a way to tie in that scene. What am I going to speak about today? There are people that you can hit and there are people that you can't hit. That's what we're going to speak about briefly. There's a guy in the news right now, A-list celebrity was or was a billionaire. I don't want to call him an A-list celebrity, A-list musician. He's in the, in the, in the music world. Um, I'm going to leave a lot of Easter eggs and breadcrumbs. I'm not naming names, but you guys know who I'm talking about. He's made some money. He married a quasi-celebrity woman. He's made money. He's a musician. He's a producer. He's a rapper, whatever, whatever. He's in hot water right now in the news because he said some things and he expressed some views that didn't go over well. And because of that, 
he's gone from a billionaire to a hundred millionaire overnight. And let's just say the number is going to decrease. If he was a stock, his stock is plummeting right now and we don't know where the bottom is. Okay, you guys already know who I'm speaking of. What's interesting about this is his net worth has decreased dramatically after he's said certain things about a particular group. This same artist in 2018, four years ago, said something that I found quite curious. He said that when you hear about slavery for 400 years, for 400 years, that sounds like a choice. You were there for 400 years and it's all of y'all. It's like we're mentally imprisoned. So he was this man speaking about American slavery. And he said that slavery sounds like a choice. That didn't go over well. People were not happy. He received quote unquote backlash. But that backlash that occurred in 2018 didn't do anything to his bottom line. Didn't do anything to his bottom line. As a matter of fact, one can argue that he made more money after that. And he did. His net worth around that time was not around a billion dollars. Okay, it was probably half that. So he doubled his money after this statement. Slavery is a choice. It's interesting. Because I haven't been a supporter of this person's music for maybe more than 10 years. Uh, this person has supported political candidate candidates that's that's marginalized him with his public. I had zero issue with with this person's political choices or who they decided to endorse. I had zero issue with that. Let's just say almost a decade prior to that, I had already deleted this person's music from my catalog. I didn't like this person. I realized hip hop is a very close art form to me. I take hip hop music personally because I've been a supporter, a spectator, a curator, a creator in the art. Um, it's an art form that's very near and dear to me. I don't say that I'm a hip hop fan. I am hip hop. I am hip hop music. I am rap music especially of the New York sonic aesthetic. That's my template. If it's a, that New York City sound from the mid to late 90s or early to mid 90s, that's me. That's me. I, I'm, I'm trapped in the 90s. I'm one of those guys, okay? Golden eras, they call it. I'm that guy, unapologetically too. So with people that I listen to now that are contemporary, if they sound like an extension of that, I listen. If they're not, eh, I sort of go, eh, it's all right. There's a qualitative apex that was hit in the 90s that I feel has not been met. In any case, it's very, very important that I go back to that scene from The Departed. I'm going to make a ruling. There are those you can hit and there are those that you can't hit. I'm going to make a ruling. Now, when this person goes, slavery is a choice and slavery by definition means someone who's forbidden to quit their service. So when people are getting killed, but yet they're fighting, 
They're burning down plantation owners' homes. There's race riots and wars in the South, which we never hear about. So this means that this person is not learned in their history. They're speaking from a place of authority or, 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 or expertise, and they don't have any. When I heard the statement, I thought it was repugnant, and I thought that this person's stature in, in, in their sphere of influence should have been diminished. People should have said, eh, enough is enough. We're not going to buy into his music or his, his clothing or his sneakers as much as we do. He tried to walk it back and clean it up a bit, but it was clumsy and it was ham-handed, especially dealing with a subject like that. A lot of things happened around the times in the antebellum South, etc., etc. I mean, you can do your history. The South was on fire, okay? Africans were, were, were fleeing, going to the Caribbean, leaving, trying to get back to Africa. Some made it. Anybody remember those stories? Actual ships that said, we're leaving, we're getting the hell up out of here, or, or insurrections that were happening on slave ships that were heading back. There's insurrection after insurrection in this country that America doesn't like to speak about, but they don't have to speak about it. It's part of the history, and it's in the books if you decide to do your due diligence. This man didn't do his due diligence, and for that, I shook my head. So when people asked me back in 2018, June, what do you think about what such and such said? I, was, I shook my head. I just shrugged my shoulders. I said, hey, that's your boy. That's your guy. I don't, I don't, you know, that ship has sailed for me a long time ago. I got off that bandwagon years and years ago. So, hey, I, I'm curious to see as to what you guys will do. So all of that, all of that, that kerfuffle that occurred after those words, he didn't lose any brands. He gained brands. He didn't lose any money. He gained money. He didn't lose any stature. He gained stature. All his metrics were up after that statement. Interestingly enough, I guess the people he took a shot at or hit, those are the people you can hit. A ruling was made. I don't know who was there to make the ruling or who's who, but Obviously, based on all metrics and accounts and all standards that I see, he's all of his metrics were up. More money, more stature, more fame, more prestige, more net worth. Uh, became more of a power player within the last two, three, four years after that statement was said. Whoa. Hey. Guess those are the people you can hit. That's it. Those are the people you can hit, right? There's a statement, there's a, there's a, um, I studied political science, uh, government and politics was my major and my minor was in international relations. And there was a, there was a, uh, I remember when I was in junior college, my professors taught us about the term and the terminology of the word, uh, uh, the etymology of the word legitimacy, legitimacy, very important word in politics, you know? Usually when we use the word as, as just everyday citizens, we use the word legit, legitimate to mean valid, right? Like, hey, that was a legitimate purchase. Or that song is legit. Oh, yo, that legit. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I worked on the deal. It's legit. It means it's valid, right? It's valid. It's actually, it's truthful. There's validity to it. And that's the second definition of legitimate. Legitimacy actually means, its primary definition, 
not its secondary definition, but its primary definition is conformity to the law or to rules. That's primary definition. Political legitimacy, which was what I was learning, political legitimacy is defined as the belief that a rule, institution, or leader has the right to govern. It is a judgment by an individual about the rightfulness of a hierarchy between rule or ruler and its subject and about the subordinates' obligations toward the rule or ruler. What does that mean? A lot of words. How many times did you hear rule or ruler? How many times? Legitimacy has to do with your belief that a rule or institution or leader has the right to govern. But not only that, it's a judgment by an individual, all of us, about the rightfulness of the hierarchy between rule and ruler. And the subordinates' obligations to the rule or ruler. What am I getting at? Why am I talking about that? I'm talking about that because that has specifically to do with what occurred with this particular individual and which groups he can hit and which groups he can't hit. It's an individual judgment by an, an, judgment by an individual about the rightfulness of a hierarchy between rule or ruler. We make judgment calls every day about the rules that we choose to follow, whether they're codified or unwritten. We make decisions. I may burn this red light, but there are consequences. It's a rule. Red means stop, green means go, right? I can decide, hey, nobody's looking. There's no cars around. There aren't any cars, let me go. Hmm. Maybe a camera on the traffic light. Police officer may be watching, but if there isn't a traffic light, a traffic camera, traffic cam, if there isn't a cop around, nothing. We still sometimes follow that rule. It's a judgment by an individual about the righteousness of the hierarchy between the rule or ruler. When people decide this government doesn't need, we don't need this government anymore. And people just decide to storm the gates and go, hey, listen, we don't need you anymore. And the citizens are at the gate. But that government feels, hey, we still have the military and we still have law enforcement on our side. And he who has the most guns win. So what you do is you're constantly quelling the rebellion and meeting violence with more violence. And you're hoping that somehow the violence that you're uh, 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 implementing onto the populace is going to deter them. But oftentimes in rebellions, what occurs? True rebellions and true insurrections and true revolutionaries means that Law enforcement, parts of law enforcement, rank and file, and rank and file military drop their guns and go, we're going to join the insurrection. And at that moment is when a government loses its legitimacy. Why am I implementing the word legitimacy? It's because what has been proven in this situation where I watched a man completely dismiss the trials and tribulations of a group of people that were in bondage for centuries and their bondage created the superpower that we see and they fought and fought do you want to critique whether they fought valiantly enough did they do enough did they do too 
But to call it a choice when slavery by nature is being forbidden to quit. And if you do quit or say, I don't want to do this anymore, you get hung, you get castrated, your babies get thrown in rivers and streams and treated like gator food. You're hung from a tree and everyone picnics around you to make an example of you and to force and compel compliance of others that may have the same inclination. To call that a choice, that dismissively, And to not only still be popular, but you're popular amongst those same people and others grows after that statement. Shows who you're able to hit and who you're not, who's legit, who's considered legitimate in this society and who isn't. Because fast forward four years later, he was empowered to say these dismissive comments. He's in the position he's in right now because of how he was emboldened and empowered and encouraged and incentivized from those statements four years prior. Nothing happened to me then. I said some wild stuff about the people that were in bondage and their descendants. Nothing happened. I said some wild stuff. That I, got, I made more money, have more power, more fame, more this, more that. Four years later, I'm saying something about another group. What, 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 what? Wait a minute, Billy. Wait a minute, Billy Costigan. There are those you can hit and there are those you can't hit. A ruling has been made, whether you know it or not. And we've decided, and they're making a judgment call, that right now, these are the people you can't hit. We're okay with who you hit before. That's fine. These are the people you can't hit. And to show you that you can't hit these people, we're going to show you that we allowed you to eat. There's an old quote that's um, been attributed to Voltaire. The reason why I don't want to use it because now it's been attributed to someone of great nef uh, nefarious um, past. Um, but it was a statement that people oftentimes use. It was, uh, I'm paraphrasing, I think it goes, to know who rules over you, just see who you are allowed to criticize. Now, the person who said that, I always thought was Voltaire. It's always been attributed to the French philosopher Voltaire. It's interesting, right? Mr. French is talking this, and then French Voltaire. Anyway, but it's been attributed to someone who's not Voltaire. And that person is some, some, supposed to be allegedly some neo-Nazi from the 1930s. And I admonish all things Nazism, of course. I mean, that goes without saying. Um, but these days, you got to say it. Make sure I say that. But in any case, that statement, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Because I've known in my life, being born and raised in New York City, I noticed and I said this before in one of my uh, 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 shows, the, uh, the unworthy victims versus the worthy victims. There are those whose plights, there are those whose travails are, 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 are um, more visible than others. All of a sudden, this group of people on this side, 500 of these people mean more to the to the narrative than 500,000 of these people and what they're going through. Even though what's going on over here with the 500,000 may be more dire than anything we've ever heard before, but yet this 500, this is what's important. 
I can talk about it in my own life. Going to school, I grew up in Queens, New York, and our high schools were dangerous. Shootings all the time. No one cared. I was in New York City, the media capital of the world. Don't t it wasn't a pin dropping in an empty forest in, in, in the Pacific Northwest or somewhere in, in the salt flats of Utah. It was in the middle of New York City, one of the five major boroughs, one of the top three, four important cities on the planet. And going to high school for three, four years, every day I didn't know whether I was going to get home safe home safe or not i didn't even know if i was going to come home alive you understand because things were going on shootouts stabbings mass stabbings full-on brawls between a hundred dudes waiting in front of your school at dismissal time not one bleep in the on the radar our newspapers had Queens section, Brooklyn section, Bronx section, Manhattan section. I would look through the newspaper back when people used to read newspapers to see if any of the things that were going on with us would be televised or publicized or documented. But it wasn't. Never was. Because maybe... We were the people you can hit. Maybe we're considered illegitimate. Now, I'm not saying this to bring up some sort of oppression Olympics. This group went through more than that group, etc., etc. I'm saying I'm giving you a stark analysis right now, informally, of how a person four years ago said something that I felt and that by all accounts should have diminished their stature a bit taken off the pedestal maybe put a ticket put, put a chip in the pedestal right no they increased in, in all metrics in stature fame prestige etc etc okay meanwhile they said something about another group and guess what happened this person now is in a situation in their in a financially existential crisis Okay, where this person doesn't know where the bottom is. They don't know where where's this going to end. Am I going to be able to be this person and this, that, and the third, et cetera, et cetera. This person fancies themselves some sort of truth teller, martyr. It's pure nonsense. It's pure narcissism with, with a bit of mental illness attached to his mental health is in, in shambles. But that that doesn't give... I'm not making excuses for this person for what they said in 2018 or what, they what they've been saying in 2022 and all the things they've said in between. It's one of the reasons why I had already cut this artist off as one of my favorites or, or a fan. I stopped listening. I deleted a gig worth of music almost of this person off of all streaming platforms all off of my um my player my my ipod touched when i had that my phone just no nah, i don't i don't dig i don't know what the new music sounds like or don't care don't not interested remember what i said i insulate myself from things that i have zero interest in or i feel are detrimental to me so i insulate myself i don't have a fear of missing out i don't at all. So I go, ah, I'm good. Oh, you heard the new such and such. And, I don't and I'll tell you, I don't really dig on that. I, I don't dig that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I don't do that. Oh, oh, I, I, they'll laugh. 
Or I'll tell people, no, I haven't gotten to it yet, depending on how deep dive I want to go in that conversation. But let's talk about that. Like I said, it's legitimacy. It's a very important term. I always, uh, you know, when I think about, when I first heard that term legitimacy, what we give credence to, it's in the, and it is a judgment by an individual about the rightfulness of a hierarchy. It's like when a police officer pulls me over and goes, hey, uh, uh, step out of the car. And I go, why? I've never automatically given legitimacy to authorities. You have to explain to me why you're in a position of authority. Based on what? Is it an agreement that you've made with the society on a whole? But I need to, to, read, the, I need to read this agreement. I'm the one who wants the paper. I'm the one who's reading the fine print going, all right, um, let me look at this. Give me a second. And they're going, oh, no, you can just sign on the bottom. It's a standard. Oh, no, no, wait, 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 standard. Okay, maybe the standard needs to be amended. Just because it's standard doesn't mean it's best practices. So let me just see what the standard modus operandi is. Shall I, please? And I'll look at the fine print and I'm going to read article A, B, C, D, E. And I'm going to question the rightfulness of the hierarchy between rule or ruler. And my obligations towards the rule or ruler. Now, what this celebrity did was break an unwritten rule. He thought he could talk about anybody. He thought he can hit anybody. Wrong. There are people you can hit and there are people you can't hit. And depending on who you are and where your station is, what your color is, your nationality, your religion, your stature, your socioeconomic status is going to factor into who you can hit and who you can't hit. Enter in our former president, Donald J. Trump. He became a player on the international or the, at least the national political stage um, when he was questioning the validity or the legitimacy of former President Barack Obama's birth certificate. So he was fomenting certain racial animus as well as, and, 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 and um, at the same time, increasing the level of nationalism or Anglo-nationalism that, 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 that transpires in the United States. Okay? So there's an Anglo-nationalism there's an idea of what American is and what an American looks like and what an American thinks like. And for them, for many of those people, Barack didn't fit that mold of what an American should look like, sound like, be like, or even be named. That's why oftentimes certain pundits would always accentuate his middle name, which is Hussein Obama, Hussein you know, trying to create inroads between Barack Hussein Obama and Saddam Hussein. You understand in Iraq and his Muslimness, his funny name, his Muslim religion, his his African ancestry, his immediate African ancestry because his father's of Kenyan descent, is a Kenyan national. So all of these things were playing in. Is he really an American? Is he legit? That was okay. He was he was an African. He was black or identified as black American or an African and an Af and a Muslim. 
three groups that in America give you an otherness. Give you an other than standardized metric American. That's a group you can hit. Those are groups you can hit. You can call Muslims terrorists, this, that, and the third, and the Muslim uh, spokespeople will come out and condemn certain statements saying it's going to lead to more anti-Muslim hate, etc., etc., and people yawn and shrug their shoulders, roll their eyes, dismiss it with ambivalence, and go, whatever. You're the people that we can hit. And then... You really legitimize, and, and, our, and our former president, Donald J. Trump, really legitimized himself with a particular base when he decided to torpedo, culturally torpedo, a demographic or a group of people in a country that has one of the most, has one of the oldest and most storied civilizations in the Western Hemisphere, the Mexican people. It's calling Mexicans that are coming across the border rapists and criminals and etc etc et meanwhile the American economy would collapse and would be on bended knee not even on one bended knee it would be on its stomach knocked out and a referee counting over it if the Central American and the Mexican were taken out of this particular economy that we're in right now our economy thrives because the Mexican or Central American is in the back of the restaurant, working as a busboy, working as a cook. Our economy thrives because of the Mexican and the Central American are working in not only in landscaping, but in building, in construction, in roofing, in contracting. Without them in the retail sector of the real estate business, and the restaurant sector, two very important sectors in the United States. Home building, construction, uh, commercial building, commercial office building, all of these things. Our uh, cleaning industry, whether it's hotel cleaning, office building cleaning, etc., etc., you take them out of this. People who don't have their paperwork maybe all the way in order that come that are an immigrant population that are undereducated but are part of a thriving and robust labor force that we need. They're essential workers that we need, that we value because we need them, but yet to devalue them to that degree. And there was condemnations from the Mexican people, condemnations from the Mexican government. Eh, those are people you can hit. We rolled our eyes collectively. We shrugged our shoulders. We looked at those statements of condemnation and outrage with ambivalence. Go, eh, no empathy. We didn't say that ain't right. That's not true. Mexican civilization dates back way further than a lot of Anglo civilizations. We like to treat them as if they're only day laborers. And guess what? There's nothing wrong with being a day laborer and putting in an honest day's work. We didn't steal from anybody. You didn't hit anybody with some funny fine print. You did an honest day's work and you would hope that you would get an honest day's pay. But you know what happens to a lot of these people? They don't get paid on time. But who do they go to? They have no recourse. There's no one to speak to. They're not allowed to take vacation times. Oftentimes, they're not allowed to take lunch breaks. They're working six, seven days a week. They're working two, three different jobs. 
and the employer knows that the employer knows hey you know there is no job security i fire you today let you go hey i don't have the money such i can tell you anything you, where are you gonna go where are you gonna go better business bureau who are you where's your social security card hmm are you supposed to be here or not no you want to make trouble you want to make trouble if you make trouble for me i make trouble for you people don't want any trouble they just want to work and take care of the family that they have here and send money via remittance to the people that they left back home because people are counting on them to work their people back where they live they don't eat if there's not money being sent via western union or whatever uh whatever uh, uh currency exchange that they're using you understand but those were people you can hit so this celebrity with his billion dollars and his clothing and his sneakers and his music and his wife or ex-wife or whatever thought that he can say anything about anybody and then he just ran into the wall of those you can't hit. He thought he could because he's been hitting other people all this time and it's been okay. And he thought, oh wait, that gives me license to hit anybody. Wrong. Our president gained national stature and credibility and legitimacy because of the groups that he came out against, the people he came out against. He insulted the blacks, he insulted the Muslims, he insulted the, the Mexicans, etc., etc. He banned certain countries from coming here because they were from such and such country, etc., etc. You're from there, you can't come here. You're from there, you can't come here invariably they were people you can hit people that in our society in our predominant narrative have decided that you can hit so when people ask me june are you going to speak about this and what are your thoughts those are my thoughts there are people you can hit and there are people you can't hit in in summary in conclusion people you can hit and people you can't hit he hit he hit a group that you can't hit no that's all you know, if that makes me a something or a this or a that or no, this group, it, there are rules that are written and there are rules that are codified and there are rules that are unwritten. And based on how he's been living his life, it's easy to talk. Slavery is a choice. It's OK. Nothing's going to happen to you. You can talk about Mexicans and use derogatory terms to speak about a proud race of people, a proud culture in history and diverse history with ancient civilizations and cultures and intellectual people and autistic people. I mean, what are we talking about? This idea that they're reduced to this uh, to, 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 to people who, who illegally enter into a country and just do grunt work is nonsense. It's absurd. It's absurd. And this comes from someone who studied Mexican culture as a kid because I just found it fascinating. You know, back in back when I didn't have access to too much tv it was just encyclopedias and books and so i bought books on mexico as a kid because in my encyclopedia made mexico sound so exciting i said mom i need books on mexico i need books on mayans i need books on aztecs i need books on this these regions and this that and the third i need books on the language and the conquerors and everything and she got me all of those books so at 11 10 11 12 years old i'm reading about mexico and mexico is crazy dope yo and would always scratch my head about yo we need more movies like that I'm reading books, historical texts that read like movies 
action movies. You don't need imaginary movies from Greek tragedies. We have enough stories from ancient civilizations that can be told that are more exciting than any fictional narrative that you can, that you can uh, present. So when I got older and I heard how, when I got older and I'm in an older vein and I'm working and I'm a professional and I'm hearing people speak about Mexicans derogatorily, I'm going, I don't, I didn't get it. I was naive. I was like, I don't understand. Oh yeah, they're, they're Mexicans. So, you know, okay. So I had great relationships with Mexican people in Queens. And I would always talk about their culture with them like, yo, yo, do you guys, what, what region are you from? Oh, okay, is that near such and such? Because I don't know. And they would go, no, not too far. Okay. But yet everybody else is like, yeah, he's Mexican. I'm like, wait, are you, are, you, are you treating these people as if they're some sort of subgroup to be treated inferiorly, with inferiority? Are you kidding me? I didn't get it. I, I didn't even have enough information to be outraged. I was just a bit confused by it. And then I realized, oh, in the hierarchy between rule or ruler, we have this unwritten rule that they're further down on the social strata. They're not in the proximity is, okay, how close are you to this Anglo male? That's the metric and the standard that shows where you are on the totem pole. And the Mexican was under a lot of people in the unwritten codified social strata. And I said, oh, in my mind, I said, oh, okay, now I get it. Now I see what's going on. That's the metric we're using. Oh, I see. That's why you're acting like that when I bring up, oh, the Mexican dude or the Mexican girl, she's nice or whatever. Oh, Mexican, really? And, and, you, and you say it with this quizzical, mm, what, huh, Mexican? That's why, oh, okay, because you've created this metric and they're, uh, they're under this one, this one, this one, this one, and this is where they are. Got it. Got it. Legitimacy. Hierarchy between rule and ruler. Individual. It is a judgment by an individual about the rightfulness of a hierarchy between rule or ruler. I find every one of these unwritten rules to be illegitimate. So I don't follow them. I question them and I ask why. And based on my why, I find out how free I am. Why is such and such on this, uh, in this strata? Why are we using this metric? Who does this metric benefit? Why, how come you can hit these people and you can't hit those people? Why? And you go, oh, okay. So for everyone out there wondering, Oh, June, what are your thoughts? Those are my thoughts. It's ambiguous, I know. I'm sorry. I know. There are a lot of people chiming in on this subject. I don't care to chime in. Uh, someone sent me a link about, oh, look, oh, blah, blah, blah. This is what they say. I don't care. I, I don't care. I don't care. In the grander concept of things, many of these unwritten rules are illegitimate. And do you have the space to ask why? Why, why, why I can't talk about you and I could talk about them? Why no one took any money away from me when I said this, that, and the third about this group four years ago, but now all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I, I could be broke in two years. Not because my music is diff different or my clothing is, is less popular or whatever I'm doing is less popular, but because I said that about this. Why is it like that? Do you have this space in your, see, free speech ain't free. 
free speech comes with a fee. And oftentimes that fee is blood, sweat, and tears. You know, free. You know, if somebody's handing out free apples, okay. Get, well, yeah, that free apple, you eat that. There's no real side effect to it, right? Yeah, it's free. But free speech, you may be free to say it, but that doesn't mean you are free or exempt from consequences of things that you say. So you have to ask yourself, how free is the space for you to say certain things, to one, say certain things? How free are you? Now, am I admonishing this person's statements in 2022 that they made? Absolutely. But no more than I admonish them and condemn them for the statements they made in 2018. But I'm noticing how different the results are based on who you can hit and who you can't hit. So that's all I'm saying. In any case, um, guys, thank you guys for tuning in. I uh, appreciate it. This was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm tap dancing and I'm using my Kyrie Irving handle and dribble to get through that part of the conversation. You know, pun intended by, use, by inserting Kyrie Irving's name in the conversation. Um, uh, you're those you can hit and those you can't hit. I knew that working in corporate in New York. I saw who was able to get, people were talking about this one, they were talking about that one, it was okay, it was okay until it, until you got to certain groups, I was like, nah, no, no, that you, you could lose. You you won't just lose your job. You'll lose your livelihood if you go down that road with such and such. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, no problem. All right. Cool. Got it. It's okay. All I'm saying is people that are outraged over the response <clears throat> that this person's received. There are people that are advocating for this person's right to say it. You have the right to say it, bruh. You don't have, you, you're not free from, ex, you're not free from consequence. I have, I can burn that light. I can burn that light. It's a violation. No one sees me. I'm good. I get caught. It's a ticket. It's a violation. There are unwritten rules and there are written rules. There are people saying, oh, they're coming down on him. He's just speaking the whatever and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yo, you're not free from consequence. Oh, but they didn't do that when he said that. Right. Okay. What are you going to do about it? Why are you advocating for him now? After he said some things that were repugnant and abhorrent to you back then. What are you doing? You need to take a seat. Sit it out. So let it play out. That's the bed that that man made. Let him sleep in it. Let him lie in it. I don't understand. I'm confused by people. There's certain people that I know that were advocating for, for him, saying, ah, oh, he should have the right to say. And then I said, do you remember four years ago when he said that? How do you feel about that? Oh, I wasn't right at all. I don't know what he was thinking. So what are you talking about? Oh, I'm just saying. No, no, no. What are you saying? It wasn't okay when he said that then. It's not okay what he's saying now. Maybe this person's just not okay. Maybe you shouldn't be advocating for this person. Maybe you should sit this one out. <laughs> just saying. Okay? So that 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 scene in Departed. It's an important scene. And, I, and now I realize why it, it always left an impression on me because it was speaking to a, 
a, a larger conversation. I was taking it in broad context. I understood. He's making a ruling that there are those you can hit and those you can't hit. And I was like, man, I was in the theater like, damn. And there are times when that movie comes on and I know that scene's going to, uh, that it's before that scene. I'll watch the movie until that scene and then turn the channel or go about my, my, my business. That's how important that scene's been all these years. And, and this situation that's occurring right now, currently in the news, speaks to that and speaks to me in that way. I hope I made some sense. Um, hope it was a bit entertaining and illuminating. I just thought I'd put that out there. I'm literally putting it out there for the people that were saying, June, what do you think about this? And it's becoming a hot take. Um, oh, people are speaking about it, not only in entertainment, but in the sports world, not only in the sports world, but in the political world, then in the religious world, then in the, the racial politics and identity politics. And I'm going, there are those you can hit and there are those you can't hit. I'm Haitian American, Haitian, right? Both my parents born and raised in the beautiful country of Haiti. Haiti's a country you can hit. I personally call Haiti America's anus because it's treated like ish. Not because it is ish, but it's treated as such. It's a beautiful country with beautiful people, with a resilient, with a strong, resilient spirit, sincere and as authentic as they come. However, they're going through some, you know, anus related conditions. Kind of whack. And it's, you know, in a lot of factors, but it, it, it didn't stop anybody when I was a kid for thinking it was OK to hit Haitians. We were the people you can hit. We were the people you can take shots at insult when I was growing up in Queens. And kids, Haitian kids growing up in Miami and in Florida know that, too. They had to create violent gangs. Haitians had to overdo it and become over violent in Miami to 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 protect themselves and insulate themselves from the violence that was being incurred upon them by people who look just like them by the way okay not by some others but they were the people you can hit you understand so i understand these dynamics there are people you can hit and people you can't hit i've had jobs where i was a boss where i went from employee guy grunt work to now all of a sudden i'm you know, overseeing. And at one point I was a person you could hit. And those same people, I skipped over them. And now you can't hit me anymore. You know, oh, can't say the same things to June. I said to him when he was working such and such, when he was not even an assistant to something. He, did, he wasn't even that prominent. Now he has an assistant. Oh, hey, what's up? All of a sudden, different conversations we're having. Different tenor, different tone, different conduct. All, all around. Not the person you could hit. When I was there, you could say a couple of things. I was the new guy. I was listening, paying attention, creating my boundaries slowly but surely. And I had a plan. And all of a sudden, I, I literally jumped over your shoulders. I was, I was literally hopping and skipping over people's shoulders. Like, doop, 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 boop. And took a seat and got an office and my name on the door. What happened? Yep, I know. Yeah, I was plotting, but at that point, I was a person you could hit. 
I come from a Caribbean nation that's the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere. That's where my roots are. It's the poorest, financially, the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. That was the narrative since I was a kid. It's a country you can hit. South Americans hit it. The Caribbean people hit it. The Americans hit it. It's a country you can hit. You can say some things about it. You can say all types of derogatory things about it in television. I remember Whoopi Goldberg said some wild stuff about Haiti in the movie Waiting to Exhale. And, uh, you know, Haitians came out, was like, yo, what are you talking about? How can you say that? Blah, blah, blah. We're the people you can hit. Nothing happened. I've heard derogatory statements used about oh, Haitians. Ill. Isn't that where AIDS comes from? And this, that, and the third. Whoopi said that in the movie, Waiting to Exhale. I think it was Waiting to Exhale. One of those movies. And I was like, damn, Whoopi. I mean, who wrote that? I'm like, you couldn't say, yo, wait, no, we can't say that about those people. You, you, couldn't, make a, you couldn't make an OG call as a veteran in this, in this industry and as, an, as a woman who identifies as black in America and all that goes through. That's why I don't deal with any of that, the view, her views, a view. I keep notes and I keep tabs and I keep names and I keep names. I listen. I'll never forget that. And I was like, man, we can't get a break in the media anywhere especially in the media, especially in that predominant narrative propaganda machine where people you can hit. She couldn't say that about another group and get away with it. She'd be shut down, lights turned off, living in a cardboard box with her name on it. Okay, just saying. So people may not like that the fact that there are those you can hit and that those you can't, and that there are double standards. But we are we are abound, we are adrift, we are immersed in double standards and hypocrisies and contradictions. We're surrounded by it. If you don't like it, push back in mass. They can't diminish everyone's net worth. If you have a true issue with how this is how these uh, uh, rules and unwritten rules are levied and how the punishments are levied. And how these uh, diminishments and aggrandizations, aggrandizements are being divvied, then talk, speak on it. Open up the dialogue. Stretch the dialogue. Don't allow other people to control where you can go with the conversation. Put everything in the pot and may the best data win. So then people can't retreat back into boilerplate and template statements. They got to no. you speak to them and go, listen, I noticed that when we say this about this group, this is what happens. Nothing. It, it, it's OK. It's standard to beat up on this. But if you say something here, all hell breaks loose. Why is that? Why is it catch fire when when it happens here? But we can't even get a tiny match flame ember, not a spark when we speak about this. You talk about it. Everyone speak about it. If, it's, if you're so inclined. If you're so inclined. But all I'll say is, there are those you can hit. There are those you can't. I'm just going to take the Mr. French approach because we see it every day. I see it every single last day of our lives. How, and it de how we deal with the rules and our rulers. That's legitimacy. Okay? the rightfulness of the hierarchy between the rules and the rulers. These are individual judgments. And then we make an agreement as a society. It's okay to talk about this and not that. On that note, guys, till we speak again, later.